No, I'm fine, thanks. We'll do it indescribable, Sam, if that's all right. Good morning. Oh, come on. Good morning. Thank you. You're awake. Isn't it a great time of worship? Um, I just, I really needed that. My, my spirit, my soul really needed just to spend time and, and right at the end there, Coxie, just to, to be still and know, know God and allowing God to, to touch each one of us individually. And um, that was just really nice. So I will start with prayer and they'll help me focus and then um, we'll just get into it. So let's just spend some time. Lord, this is a day that you have made and we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. It's also a day of new mercies, a day of new messages, Lord. Each day, Lord, you bring something new and it's for us to just be able to be connected into that. Lord, I pray that you be with me this morning with the words I have to say. I pray that your spirit will keep flowing through me um, this morning, not for my sake or for the leader's sake or whatever but for each person in this room's sake that they will have a continued encounter with you we've had it through worship and communion but also through the word lord and um, i pray that you will touch each person in this room touch my life in what needs to be said lord and we can ask this the the authority comes from jesus in his name we ask this in his name jesus amen new book so i'm really looking forward to using it today anyway <coughs> it's my father's day's present by the way so i thought i'd start this series or start this message because it was going to be a series but i was going to start this message with the clip from moulin rouge but i didn't think that was applicable for a sunday morning service um if you've seen the movie um i like ewan mcgregor and nicole kidman when they're singing on the top of the elephant i was thinking of using that scene but no it wasn't going to happen then I was thinking maybe we could use a scene from Titanic, you know. I thought there were some really good bits in there that I could put together and do that. Or even from Les Mis, there's some really nice musical scenes there that I look at and go, oh yes, we could use that Sunday morning. Or even something even more cultural like Chicago, the, the musical Chicago maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> or for you people who are a little bit more contemporary than that, you know, we watched, Jen and I watched a movie the other night. Um, me before you. I thought, oh, there's scenes in there that we could use as well. But I didn't, if you hadn't noticed. What do they all have in common before, except for having lines and scripts and film and all that? There's an underlining theme with all those movies, and we're going to talk about that today, and it's love. We're going to talk about love, the L word, all right? Now, I've realised when I was looking at these movies and looking at TV and stuff, I believe the world has hijacked love and made it its own. And it's got it totally wrong. You know, because we say, look, I love beer. Or for me, I love cricket, you know. Can't wait for uh, December the 26th. You know, I love cricket. It depicts, well, the world depicts love in the wrong way. You know, you watch shows like 800 Words or you look at The Wrong Girl, they all badly use and talk about love. You fall in and out of love. I don't love him or her anymore. Now, for some of us guys in the room, I've probably used the L word way too much already. You're feeling a little bit, you know, uneasy with that L word. 
you're starting to, to already switch off on me. I can tell, I can feel the vibe. Some of you are turning your hearing aids already off, okay, or slightly down. But love is a real bloke thing. It really is. It's not about Bathurst. It's not about the Geelong Cats. And it's certainly, can't, I have to say it, I have to be honest, it's not about a caffeinated beverage that you would find on 147 Jelly Brand Street. <laughs> I know it's hard to say, but it's not. That's not real love. <sighs> I, got that, I got that out. Guys, I want to really challenge you. Seriously, I want to challenge you. If you really want to climb that mountain, if you really want to save the day, you really want to be that hero. Or, for some of us, and or, you want to be more Christ-like than sink your teeth into God's love. Today, we're going to be looking, where does that love come from? How does it flow? And what does it mean about me? What, does it, what about me? Or what about you? So let's start. Where does it come from? Well, once upon a time, there was this little fairy. And she had fairy... No, wrong, sorry, wrong story. <laughs> Maybe the wrong audience. Maybe not. I don't know. Where does it come from? All right. Let's have a look at 1 John 4, verse 7 to 21. So if you've got your Bibles, get it out. If you've got your phones, get it out. Or you can even look up on the screen here and we can read it together. 1 John 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us, uh, given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And in this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love, we'll stop on this verse as well, we love because he loved, uh, loved us. God is love. It's pretty simple. Where did it come from? God is love. 
Now, if you look at other religions, if you look at other so-called deities, they'll say something about love. They'll mention it in there somewhere. They'll have a wise saying, possibly. They just say it. But what does God say? He's pretty blunt. He says, He is love. God is love. He is it. He's love. If you look at John 4 in this passage, it's like an overriding structure about love. It's like an umbrella concept about what God is and what love is. See, God is love. He created love. He made love. It's God. Now, God doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, I'm love. And that's it. He doesn't stop there. He goes further. He gave us clear writings of what that love looks like. And we're going to have a look at that now. At 1 Corinthians 13. So there again, if you want to go over into that, and the person on the computer is quicker than me, and we can have a look at that. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. We'll just stop there for a sec. Clear writings of what love looks like, how it rolls out. Can we have verses 4 to 7 again, please, if I could? Love is patient, love is kind does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That's what love looks like. Now, let's just give this a, a bit of a twist. Let's get a little bit cosy in here, a little bit kumbaya-ish kind of like. You know, we're talking all about this love. See, God not only said He is love, and not only did He give us some great writings about love, but He actually embodied it through Christ. Christ walked on this earth and showed how to do those things. So how does that reflect back into me? How do I, how do I look into that? 
Well, let's look at Mark verse, chapter 10, verse 17. This is Jesus, as it says up there, so it must be true. This is Jesus and he's just um, finished praying or talking to some, some kids and blessing some kids and he's on his way. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one's good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honour your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Boy, he's a good guy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lacked, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, then, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. We read about this guy. He kept all the commandments. But, and he was really good. But when Jesus listed those commandments, he missed three commandments. He missed three of them. Now, I don't think Jesus did it just because he couldn't remember them. Okay, think of that. God couldn't remember the Ten Commandments that he got people to write twice. Don't think so. He missed three commandments. Now, I'd love to get Ed and Paul up here because they'd be able to tell me straight away the three commandments that they missed. They are, you can have no other God before me. You can't have any idols and you can't worship them. And don't use my name in vain. Those were the three that the guy forgot. And what does Jesus say in verses 21 and 23? If I can have that up again. Jesus looked at him and loved him. So the guy kept the commandments, but he didn't mention those three. And he says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. We'll just leave it there. The guy was doing some really good stuff. He was doing, some, he was doing most of those commandments. However, his love, his attention was on stuff, was on possessions, was on money. If you read that passage in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, a lot of those things, all of those things, that love is an action. 
You want to be kind? You've got to do something. You want to have self-control? You've got to do something. Not to do the thing that you shouldn't do, but you're going to move away from that. Love is an action. And it comes out in what you, what you treasure, what you put your time to, what you put your money to. Well, what about me? What about us? That's that guy. What about me? What about us? How do we show love? How do I love? What do I give my attention to? What am I accumulating? In preparing for this, I realise I address this daily in the running of a coffee shop, in running a business. Where do I put my time? Where do I put my talent? And where do I put my treasure? Thinking about that, if I was at the coffee shop, Jesus came in and asked for a decaf soy with a bit of mocha on the top or something like that. He came into the coffee shop and he said to me what he said to that guy. He came to me and said, I want you to sell it and I want you to give the money to the poor. Would I do it? Could I do it? Because that's as relevant to him as it is to me. What am I putting my my time, my talent, my treasure to? Could I walk away and follow Jesus? Could you walk away from your business, your job, your career? your farm, your retirement. Say, God, you're telling me to do this? Is direct like this guy? Would I do it? The other interesting thing about it was, Jesus didn't say, you know, I want you to sell it, that money, that business, I want you to sell it, and I want you to put it in the bank. No, no. It's got to be shares. No, even better still, it's got to be stocks. I oh, know, I've got it. I've, I've looked at the paper, real estate. That's where you're meant to put the money. No, he doesn't say that. What does Jesus say? He says, give it to the poor. And Jesus says, somewhere else in the Bible, you'll always have the poor. And isn't that true? We always have the poor. They're all over the world. They're everywhere. It's wasted money. They're not going to give it back to you. You're not going to get a dividend out of it. You're not going to get a return from it. It's wasted money in the world's eyes. Not wasted in God's economy not wasted in God's world. All Jesus asked him to do was to give and to follow. To give and to follow.
And what would that do for him? Well, it would make him poorer for one thing. But then I believe he would then be free. He would be free. And his heart would be free to follow Jesus in a deeper and a stronger way. Or God, in this case, in a deeper and a stronger way. So then he can, through God, through what Jesus was saying, through following Jesus, he could love God and man. The way that God talks about it in 1 Corinthians at 1 John 4. So what about us? Why should we do it? I mean, the theory is not wrong. Why should we do it? Should we do it out of guilt? Oh, I've got to do it because I read it in the Bible. I'm guilty of it. Should I do it because you listen to such a gifted preacher? No. Do you do it out of compulsion? Yes, I've got to do it. I'm a Reformed church man. I've got to do that. Compulsion. Should I do it? No. None of that. Let's read 1 John 4, verse 11. 1 John 4, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And it goes on to say that He loved us. He loves us. He loves us so much that He gave His Son, not only to come to earth to show us how to live, You've heard this before, but I'm going to say it again, not only to show us how to live, but His Son died for us. Took the sins of the world, our sins, my sins, everyone's sins. He so loved us that He allowed that to happen. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a miracle? And that's why we love. Because He loved us so much I've got to love. I want to love more. So we can love. And it says in verse 12 that we can love because we have His Spirit within us, His Holy Spirit within us. And that makes us complete. That completes the package. Not only does God, is God love, and not only is His Son, He died on the cross showing us how to love, then He gave us the Holy Spirit in us so we can love. We can love others. So how does the world see that? That's a great theory. I know that. I believe that. It's in me. The Holy Spirit's in me. I know about God. I heard about Jesus. I'm reading about it. But how does the world know that God loves them? How do they know that? Yes, through the Word. If I had a Bible, I'll be holding it up. Yes, through the Word of God, through the Bible. That is one way. But definitely through actions. Through us doing. Through us being out there. I've got to say it. God doesn't know, the world doesn't know that that God loves them because of this building. Or not through 
having hired staff. The world doesn't know that God loves them through a program. I hate to say it. They are needed and they are so necessary. Yeah, I totally agree. But what does it look like? What does it look like people loving us people, us Christians, loving others with God's love? What does it look like? Well, it looks like a middle-aged man helping in a kid's program, sitting down with a kid and having a dinner with him. And that kid feels special because you're giving some time to them. Or another middle-aged woman meets somebody during the week and just has dinner with them, has a celebration with them, is in their space. Or it looks like a mum, maybe a young mum, who makes a casserole and gives it here to somebody to get out there. They don't know each other. But the action of being kind in giving. Or maybe two sisters hearing about a person who's got problems with his eyes and they need money for an operation and they just give. Or maybe it's a a young man who takes up some of his holidays to go overseas to help there. It's all those things and there's more. I could stand here and keep on writing a list of how we and some of us are loving the world through our actions. But they all have one key. It's just not done in here. It's just not done up here as well. We have to do it and we need to do it out there in the world. In preparing this and in finishing, the thing I want us to also remember is God's love is not finite. God's love is not finite. It's infinite. It doesn't stop. So the whole key to this is you've got to give it away. You've got to give God's love away. And that's where the rubber hits the road. And that's where it gets hard. Because you have to put yourself out for that love to flow. Now, God doesn't come with a can of oil or can of love and pours some into Matt and he pours some over into Eric here. Now, Eric's sitting there going, I'm just going to give it away. He's just going to give it away. He's going to do things. God's telling him what to do. He's moving. He's connecting. He's touching people's lives through God's love. But Matt's sitting there going, if I give it away, will I get any back? Will God fill me up any more? Yeah, you will. The more you give, the more you get back. But you just can't say, oh, just, just a little bit. And you can't even say, well, I'm going to give some to Rochelle. Oh, no, she'll abuse it. She, she's not really nice. So I'm not going to give it to her, but I'll give it to Lorraine because she's nice to me. All right? God 
just wants you to give it away. Whatever that looks like. Whatever the time he wants you to give. Whatever the talent that you have that he says, I want you to give. Whatever the treasure that you have that he says, that treasure, I want you to give it. No strings attached. But they're going to abuse it, God. They're not going to spend it the way that I, I do because I'm right. They're going to abuse it. God says, just give it. Give that time. Give that talent. And give that treasure. Because God is love. He loved us with everything that He has. And He asks us to love others with everything that we have. It really is that simple. Let's pray. Got an amen, that's great. Lord, we just thank you. You loved us even before we loved you. You had your eye on us, you saw us, and you love us, and you will love us in the future. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I pray that we as a group in this room, not only will we receive that love and know what it is, but we will give that love away. Lord, I pray that each one of us will reopen connection with you to know where you want us to love, where you want us to be your hands and feet, where you want to use our time, talent and treasure without restriction, without compromise, that you will just allow us to love, love this world that you have put us in. Because God, you loved us so much. You gave us everything. You give us everything that we need. And because of that, we want to love others. We want to give ourselves to others so this world can know who you are and this world will know your love, a real love, a lasting love. And we can say this in Jesus' name. Amen.